G'day, I'm Darren Oki. I'm Simon West. Welcome to the Aussie Wine Chat podcast series where we talk global distribution and sales with an Aussie perspective. And an Aussie accent. So we got talking after the episode finished, Simon. Yeah, it always happens, doesn't it, Darren? You, oh. you need to leave record on, I keep telling you, but you didn't leave it on. <laughs> the best stuff happens. I <laughs> push record off. Amber has a Red Bull. Yes. And we get right into it. Fired up. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I reckon we do something a little bit different with that one and do a bonus episode, eh? Yeah, a bonus technical episode. I think there's some some virtual um, virtual event technical episode is the, probably the way to put it. But there were some mm. really good points raised. Um, you have to sort of bear with us a little bit because there's, there's a lot of numbers being talked off the screen that we can see, that the listeners can't. Uh, but we will attach. Uh, Amber's we'll going to send us the yeah. presentation. We'll attach that on the show notes. There you go. Where are we no in the show notes, Darren? I still haven't worked that out. <laughs> I've heard of them. <laughs> we are dopes, really. Uh, so uh, you have to listen to this. This is compulsory listening for anybody doing an activation overseas at the moment. Uh, and what Amber came up with in this little bonus piece is just gold. Uh, so, yes, if you're my customer, you already have this because I've emailed it to you. Everybody else should listen to this and really learn from it. All right, let's roll straight into it. All right, let's do it. Um, so let me share screen here. And a couple of data points here that are very interesting. This is what I was talking about before with kind of how that mindset of moving from distraction to experience, but just seeing how people are jumping from, you know, 3.3 events to 7.2 events and spending more time on the site. This one's a big one. And again, this is kind of a global audience. So it time zones, it works with everything. Um, when somebody visits the site right now, like went, went to virtualwineevents.com, it counts as just a front page view because they're just looking at what's happening today. But when they click on the calendar, going to a particular day or using the arrows to move through the tomorrow, day after, those count as special events because they're doing an action with intent of, I want to see what virtual events are happening on this day. And so I went through and I looked at the top 15 calendar days clicked on. Somebody made an intent to go, I want to find an event that's happened on July 31st. And it was really interesting seeing how this broke down. And I went further to the top 100 days to look at days of the week. And it just, it surprised me because when you add up the amount, the number of days that we have, or the, to me, the number of events that we have on days, Wednesdays always lead far and away on it. Wine Wednesdays. That's like ingrained into the wine industry psyche. They have to do an event on Wednesdays. But Wednesdays and Tuesdays are blah. Oh, yeah. Versus Sundays. I mean, Sundays are, tend to be the least most populated days when it comes to number of events. And yet that's one of the days that a lot of people are clicking on quite a bit. I do think that those weekend days, and especially like Fridays, Saturdays, I think those will dip, especially on the consumer side, as things get back to normal because people like to go out. I feel like Sundays still have legs. People sitting at home wanting to do something on a Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon, I think that still has some legs. So don't sleep on Sundays is, is a huge advice. Mondays, a lot of trade events already happen on Mondays. I think that trend will continue. Just kind of start of the week, easy to work with that. Um, I compared this data to what my traffic is with visitors, and it doesn't match this. My traffic is fairly consistent, days of the week and also throughout the month. 
it tends to be fairly consistent. Um, Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, slightly busier, but again, slightly. Nothing drastic to reflect why so many people are clicking on events on Sundays and ignoring Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, what you see with the top 15 here, it does look like, you know, the end of the month tends to be more popular with people looking for events overall. That evened out more when I spread it out to the top 100. So I don't think there's that's a solid of, oh, you need to make sure you have your event at the end of the month. Don't do anything in the middle of the month. I don't think that's that's big. But looking at, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for your events, I think that's more important. That Sunday is really interesting. Yeah. Well, you think about it. I mean, again, as a consumer. Um, you know, most of the time we're working throughout the week and, you know, in the evening, yes, we might be willing to go to a tasting at a wine bar or a winery event that's local. Virtually though, there's not that drive of, oh, I want to go out and do anything as much during the weekday. But on the weekends, you had an entire day to yourself of wanting to plan and to do something. So the weekends kind of make sense from why a consumer would want to do something more on the weekends. Um, this next one was kind of what I was mentioning before about the search terms. Just to finish off on that, Amber, sorry. Yeah. Do you think these virtual event uh, numbers you've put together here, do you think they align with what a retailer would be looking at with their customers as well on, on similar sort of days, or do you think it will be slightly different? Mm, it could. I mean, I do have, I mean, I have a mix of trade and consumers that come to the site. Mm. I haven't, found ways to divvy that out because I do try to be very um, sparse with any personal details. Actually, I'm amazingly sparse with it, with personal details. Basically, all I know is which country you're coming from for the most part. Um, we do allow people to sign up and create accounts so they can add events and bookmark events. But even then, I have the emails. Um, we, we make them anonymous um, so you can't track that. So I can't really say what that divide is. Um, but if I was, a, I mean, as a retailer, definitely I would be thinking more again with my events on Sundays. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so many events happen on Tuesdays, Wednesdays that, yeah, I, I would personally be making that change myself. You know, maybe still do something occasionally on those days because there obviously are some people that do click on them, but I would not make that the bulk of my strategy on those days. Mm-hmm. And then the searches, I think, are huge. I mean, as I mentioned, Google. Google is a big influencer. Looking what people are Googling is something that every winery should be doing. And the nice thing about it is you can go to, you know, the open up a Google tab and start, you know, typing a question and you get that autofill. If you want to know what people are wondering about Shiraz, just start typing, does Shiraz, see what autofills. Is Shiraz, see what autofills. You know, if you're creating a theme around an event, one of the best things you can do is think like a blogger. They always tell us as bloggers, when you write an article, write an article that answers a question. Create a virtual event that answers a question. You know, how long can you age Shiraz? Does old vine Shiraz mean anything? You know, create an event to answer that. Um, So focusing on searches is is always key. And what this was, I broke down, I looked at what was the most searched for terms. And this is where the big eye-openers of, you know, nobody's searching for cab. Nobody's searching for winemaker. Even though... You look at all the events that we had, over a thousand events have been winemaker events, virtual tasting with winemaker, 400 wine and cheese events, 100 chocolate events, Valentine's Day, the two weeks leading up to Valentine's Day, I think I had over 40 events that were wine and chocolate. And everybody's doing these events, but people aren't really searching for the events, looking to attend them. And the advice I give to wineries is 
you know, you, you think of your virtual event a lot like you should think about your wine label, your packaging. You know, when you put your bottle out into the world and it goes to a shop, it's on that big, huge wall of wine competing with everybody else. The last thing you want is for your wine label to look like everybody else. Mm. So why would you want your event to look and feel just like what everybody else is doing? So uh, the other key insight from this one here is I looked at the, uh, the last 90 days to see events that were clicked on via search. So somebody was searching for something, these events caught their eyes and they clicked on it. And a couple things jumped out. One I circled there was event for South African cab. Even though nobody was searching for cab, this event caught enough people's eyes via searching other terms that they clicked on it. So like South Africa was big because the safe South African wine, that was a big trending on social media. Um, Master of Wine gets a lot of searches because I think people are looking for that expertise, that credibility, a lot of moderators. But there's several other search terms that they could have done. The other thing that jumped out here was, even though this was a search of only of things that happened within the last 90 days, searches within the last 90 days, several of these events happened beyond 90 days. And they were being clicked on because it was the video replay link that was being clicked on. And so, again, hugely overlooked the dividends that hosting a virtual wine event pays is not just what happened that day. It's not just the tasting packs that you sold that day. Those dividends get paid out weeks, months, years after the fact, assuming that you record and you use that content. Brilliant. So just to just um, for the listeners, um, I'll just read a couple of quick things off here. Cab or Cabernet weren't searched for in that 90-day period. Chardonnay, 391st. Pinot Noir, 39th. Chocolate down the list at 80th. Cheese at 123. Food pairing at 340. Um, Sorry, Amber, you could have read that, but, you know, I'm a male. I've got to talk. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so used to Zoom with everybody seeing what's on my screen. (laughs) Wait, podcast, what are these? Um, but I, I can actually send you the, the, this file here so you guys can put for your, your uh, on your on your website or in your show notes on that. Um, but again, this is the type of data I have and that I can help and show wineries. Um, we calculate buzz ranking or rate, uh, excuse me, buzz rankings on each event based on how often it's clicked and interact. And I can search by key term to see what kind of buzz rankings different things are getting. So if you're doing an event of you know caviar or barbecue or things like that, I can tell you if those events are getting clicked on and getting interacted with. Thank you. Great. So yeah, stop that share there. Hang on, hang on, hang on. That oh. that last slide. Um, oh, sorry. That That's something we spoke about in the gap where we stopped the podcast and restarted it was about mm-hmm. working together. So you had something you wanted to say about pairing and uh joined events, creative tension between regions and countries. Collaboration. You know, for a lot of wineries, it's a daunting task to hold, you know, your own event and trying to keep, you guys know, you guys are a team, two folks here to help, you know, keep the flow of the event. Everything works better as a team. And so if you could do an event where you collaborate with, you know, your neighbors within your same regional association, or cross-collaboration with other regions, those events tend to get a lot more clicks and interest than just singular virtual tasting with the winemaker. You know, you create a central theme. You know, Pinot Noir clones. You know, 
is there a difference? Well, clones was actually one that's had searches, I believe, like in the like 74th, 75th most popular search was clones. So people hear people, you know, talk about clones, Pinot Noir clones, cab clones, and then vent with that. And that you have winemakers that have different clones and different wines. And it's, those are the type of events where, you know, having the wine to taste is great. It enhances the experience, but it doesn't necessarily make or break it if you don't have the wine. So you get that global reach. You know, here's a case where you could think of a, a virtual event like you go to a concert. You know, you have the really nice seats, the VIP seats that people pay for, and then the standing room only. That's the same thing of where if you had the wine or you didn't have the wine. Having the wine is the VIP seat, seats. It enhances experience. It's worth paying more. You get more out of it. But yet you still have that standing room only that you can fit more people into the club. So, so it's a big opportunity we're missing at the moment that we need to work on as an industry, I think. And look, Amber, you were you were in again in that um, in that gap. You were talking about the Australian New Zealand Chardonnay tasting recently, and and how that worked. Can you tell us just a little bit about what was good about that event? Yeah, uh, for the UK trade, uh, Wine Australia and New Zealand Wine Growers did a partnership for Cool Climate Chardonnay, and you know, great moderators, uh, Ronan Seaburn, Master of or Master Smalier. And they had, you know, Australian Chardonnay. And actually, I didn't even get a chance to get the Chardonnays myself. I didn't get on the list in time, or, or maybe I wasn't that important. Who knows? But I still was able to attend the event. And it was exactly what I described. You know, not no make or break things. You know, I didn't, even though I didn't get a chance to try the wine, the seeing the contrast of how they were describing, going to the different regions of where Australian Chardonnay came from and where uh, New Zealand Chardonnays came from and, and the friendly back and forth banter of, you know, which Chardonnay is better? Is this Kiwi Chard better? Is this Tasmanian Chard better? That was fun. That was engaging. And so a lot of a lot of worthwhile came out of it. And it was just a collaboration. You know, six different wineries, six different parts of the two countries. And, and, yeah. and were maps shared in the chat or sent out beforehand? Or how and so, what was the notification approach? So for this one, the folks that received the samples got um, a little bit more details with the text sheets. Um the attendees didn't get as much, but they did put in the chat a link to it. Um, for the most part, for trade events, a lot of people send out tasting notes. I would encourage wineries to go a step further and send out maps as well, especially to trade. Because trade, we, we're geeks. We love maps. And just having a little bit of maps of where different things are, you know, go to Google Earth and do a screen printout of, you know, where that vineyard is even and in context with other things. Geeks eat that up. And so having a good packet of info that you send to the trade before you do an event is key. So you send it out, you send out the initial link of thank you for signing up, you know, have the text sheets, have the packets, maybe include, especially if you're sending to bloggers, people that might write about it, some good um, photos, press galleries just that they could potentially use. And then resend that packet the day of the event because everybody gets things lost in the email. And so having that pre-event packet will maximize how, how effective your virtual event is. There's some great advice. Well, we've done two podcasts. I think <laughs> what we'll have, Simon, I reckon what we should do here is have the podcast where we ended it and do a technical supplement um, <laughs> as a deep dive. Uh, that was uh, brilliant, Amber. Uh, you are absolutely so uh, incredibly generous with your insights and your time. Thank you. Yeah, no, much appreciated. And I think we should this time probably say thank you and call it quits. 
Thanks, Amber. <laughs> hope your uh, hope your day started a bit better with the Red Bull now. <laughs> oh yeah, the Red Bull helps, as you can tell. I was like already. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently it gives you wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping that bit. Uh, thanks for joining us again for Aussie Wine Chat. I'm Darren Oemke. You can find me on hydroconsulting.com.au and on Twitter at Darren Oemke. And I'm Simon West. You can find me at fullglass.com.au.